0: One of the most common relationship problems is a lack of intimacy. Now, intimacy in relationships isn't only about sex. It goes beyond the physical. It's about the feeling of closeness and connection on a mental, emotional, spiritual, and social level as well. And when you feel like your partner truly doesn't get you on a deeper level, intimacy can be tough. Maybe they just don't get the way that you're wired on the inside, or maybe they don't have a clue about the inner workings of your soul. And it can feel soul-sucking to feel misunderstood and not seen in your relationships, especially with the people that are supposed to be the closest to you. Well, what if I told you that there was a way to bring back the intimacy in your romantic partnerships on a mental, emotional spiritual, and physical level. Stay tuned for this juicy podcast episode where I will share four ways that you can use personality types to build more intimacy in your romantic relationships. Welcome to the That's Deep podcast. I'm Naomi, and I'm an international board-certified life and success coach, neurolinguistic programming practitioner, or NLP as you've heard it, an empath, a mother, an introvert, and a podcast host. It is my mission to empower humans from the inside out through inner and outer exploration. Thank you so much for being here. If you love the show, please give it a follow and a five-star rating. I appreciate you so much. Now let's dive in. So here's four ways that you can use personality types to build more intimacy in your romantic relationships number one learn whether your partner is an introvert or an extrovert so i want to talk a little bit more about the difference between introversion and extroversion so this represents opposite directions of energy flow and attention so for example for an introvert That person's energy flow and attention is inwardly directed. And for an extrovert, it's the opposite. Their attention and their energy flow is outwardly directed. So, one of the first things that you can do to build more closeness and more connection in your relationship is to find out how your partner's energy flow and attention are directed. Are they introverted? Are they extroverted? If they're introverted, do they need more alone time to reset and recharge? Do they do better in smaller one-to-one social settings? What does that look like for your partner? Or maybe they're an extrovert and they get their energetic tank filled by interacting and connecting with people in their external world. So that's the first thing that's really helpful in building a sense of closeness and understanding, which equates to intimacy in your relationships. Number two, learn whether your partner is a sensor or an intuitive. So I want to go over the difference between sensing and intuition. So these functions are responsible for retrieving or receiving information. So for intuitives, they are comfortable with theorizing and speculating on what could be they're okay with going off of those gut instincts and they can kind of come up with the larger picture from only a few points of data. Um, and they really tend to go ahead and trust their, the hunches that they get right, that they get. Um, oftentimes these are hunches and insights that cannot be backed by logic in the left brain. So that's, intuitives for you and so for sensors they have the ability to use intuitive abilities as well pardon the interruption i know that there are a lot of creative souls that listen to this podcast and some of you might even be interested in starting your own podcast If you are looking to take the leap into the world of podcasting, I would love to offer you a month free on Podbean, which is the hosting site that I host my podcast on. You can get a month free if you use my link and I'll leave it in the show notes. Now let's get back to the show. But they've been reported to trust more, you know, quote unquote, reliable data or information Um, They're really comfortable using their five senses, things that can be verified in the real world. Um, You know, kind of these masters of historical information. Number three, learn whether your partner is a feeler or a thinker. So by this point, I hope you guys are kind of putting it all together. Um, If you don't know your Myers-Briggs personality type, um, I have a link to a free and quick assessment in the show notes. So if you need to pause this episode, go ahead, go back into the show notes and take the personality type assessment um, before you continue listening to this episode. It'll make a lot more sense. Um, it's really helpful if you know your partner's personality type. Um, so for me, I am an INFJ in the Myers-Briggs personality type system, and my husband is an ENFP. So I actually had him on the podcast, episode seven. So that was the last episode I put out. And we did this really cool episode where we talked about the five things that we wish our partner knew more about us. Um, And this is coming from an introverted and an extroverted perspective. So for me, I shared five things that I wish my extroverted partner knew about me as an introvert. And then for him, he shared five things that he wished his introverted partner knew about him as an extrovert. So go ahead and check that episode out if you haven't done so already. Okay, so let's come back to this episode. Make sure you have your Myers-Briggs personality type. Um, And so um, as you can see, I'm kind of going uh, step-by-step with that four letter code. So I talked about, you know, being an I versus being an E, right? An introvert versus, versus an extrovert. So for my four-letter code, I'm an INFJ, so introvert. The N stands for intuitive. The F stands for feeler, which is what I'm talking about right now, figuring out whether your partner is a feeler or a thinker. And that J on the end of my personality type stands for a judging function. So back to number three. So differentiating between whether your partner is a feeler or a thinker these help you deal with how you make decisions. So it's all about how you make decisions. So I just want to make a disclaimer. All thinkers feel and all feelers think. We do have both abilities, right? I like to think about type as like handedness. So, you know, you, you everybody has a preference, um, whether you're right-handed or left-handed. Um, so I'm right-handed, but can I use my left hand? Well, absolutely. But it's a little bit less comfortable. It's not really, um, something that feels natural to me. And so let's relay this back to personality types. So I'm a feeler in the personal in the Myers-Briggs personality type system, but that doesn't mean that I don't have a thinking function within me because I do. Um, but when I tend to lean more on the thinker side, I feel more, um, out of my comfort zone, it doesn't feel natural to me. Um, But when I'm making decisions based on my feeling function, um, that feels good, that feels natural, that feels in flow to me. So I hope this is all making sense. Anyway, so feelers prefer to use personal human-based considerations when making decisions. And thinkers prefer this impartial, impersonal, you know, data and metrics, and they might put more value on concrete data than emotions. So that'll give you a little bit more perspective on, you know, whether you or your partner are a feeler or a thinker. And then number four, the fourth way that you can build more intimacy in your relationship is to learn whether your partner is a perceiver or a judger. So don't get too hung up on the word judger yet, okay, because I'm going to explain it. So Being a perceiver or a judger deals with how you focus, um, excuse me, being a perceiver or a judger deals how you prefer to organize your world. So perceivers prefer to organize their inner world so that they allow outer world freedom. They really like to focus on the present moment and they like the thrill of things and, you know, the thrill of uncertainty and they don't always need to have a plan. Whereas someone with the J on the end of their personality type, judgers, they prefer to organize their outer world so that they have more inner world freedom right so they're really focused on the future you know or maybe they're focused on the past but they prefer to follow plans um and it can be really uncomfortable for people who have the j at the end of their personality type um it can be uncomfortable for them when they don't know what to expect and i can definitely attest to this um as an infj right i love Organization and plans, and kind of knowing what to expect, but I know that that is not always how life goes, so I'm learning how to be flexible. But I digress. So, what do you think? Are you starting to piece things together about you and your partner's personality type? If you're looking to go deeper, you know, beyond the introvert versus extrovert stuff, beyond the dichotomies, because there's so much more. And you're ready to dive into learning more about your cognitive functions, which is just some fancy words for our brain's inner wiring based on our type. And you're an empath who is looking to improve your relationships through understanding your inner wiring on a deeper level through the use of tools like personality types, empath science, and NLP, which is neuro linguistic programming, which is just a super fancy phrase for um, a nice way to do some mindset work on the subconscious. So if you have any questions, you can always shoot me an email at hello at Naomi Courtney I would love to invite you to join the empath empowerment coaching program. So this is my signature private one on one coaching program for empaths who are interested in setting better boundaries in their relationships, managing that energetic overwhelm that so often comes with being an empath. Um, And then also tackling your self-limiting beliefs, then this would be the perfect program for you. So for more details on the course, please visit my website at NaomiCourtneyCoaching.com. And I am so appreciative of you spending your time with me today, tuning into this episode of the That's Deep Empath podcast. I look forward to having you back on the show next time. Have a beautiful day. Take care. And just remember, you got this. So what did you think of the episode? If you loved it, I would greatly appreciate it if you left me a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to the show on right now. Go ahead and rate us with the number of stars that you see fit, and go ahead and leave a little comment and this will help get the podcast out to other like-minded and like-souled people like you. Thank you so much and I will see you back on the next episode. Mahalo! Have you been seeing repeating numbers over and over again? Maybe you're seeing 1111 when you happen to glance at the clock. Or maybe you're seeing 222 333 444, or 555 all day, every day. Either way, I'm sure you're wondering what all of these repeating angel numbers mean and what you can do when you see them. I've got you. Check out the angel number cheat sheet. This is your personal guide to interpret those angel numbers that you've been seeing. No more guessing. You have the answers here. This is a 12-page PDF that covers the 12 commonly seen angel numbers, and this is the perfect resource for you to keep in your back pocket, a.k.a. your phone. I personally like to keep mine in my iBooks, Kindle, or Google Drive app on my phone for quick reference so that I can interpret the meaning of the angel number whenever I see it in real time. This guide is going to make it a whole lot easier for you to interpret the messages that you're receiving from the universe, in the moment that you receive them. Download the angel number cheat sheet today and may all the manifesting miracles be in your favor. Click the link in the show notes to check it out.